Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we do. We exalt your name. We exalt you, who you are, and how well you love us and how well you do. We just, we celebrate you tonight. Jesus, come have your way. Speak to our hearts. Lord, it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you something. Have you ever received something or given something like like you thought real hard about how to bless somebody and you you gave it to them and then when you gave it to them there really wasn't a much of a response to it at all you kind of went like i mean you really worked hard and like you thought what you know what is it that will really do? i mean this is going to do it and you put effort and time and then you give it to them like thanks just want to keep on going uh we at my house, um, during the holidays, my mom is notorious. She's a giver at heart. And what she'd always want to do is she would want to wait till everybody does it. And she's, I'll open them later. I'll open them later. I'll open them later. I said, Mom. So a few years ago, I said, Mom, look, you don't understand. You have poured in a lot to a lot of people. Everybody wants to see you open their gift. They want to see you and go, oh. And she goes, so we did that. We started, and she's like, oh, oh, oh. I mean, everyone's like, oh. It's like, the same thing happens with God when we begin to really pour into him. When we, when we, when we make a sacrifice and we say, Lord, thank you for all you've done. And we don't ever take for granted what Jesus has done, you know. When we hit the summer, <laughs> summer seems to be a time of laziness. It just kicks in because of the heat, because of it, and it warrants almost the thing of going, ah, we've got a thing called the dog days of summer, <laughs> where they call the dogs out. Like last yesterday, um, we were here, and uh, this past week, one of our air conditioners, I say our because it's ours, all of this is ours. One of our air conditioners went out, the one in the hallway, and so they couldn't get one in until yesterday. It came in on Saturday, so they had to put it in yesterday. So we met here at 10 o'clock, and uh, it was one of my former young people uh, doing a great job, but we had to go in the attic. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, the dog days of summer, they're not real. It's the bear days of summer. Because there wasn't no dog up there. There were bears, and they were trying to get on my back. I'm like, okay, come on. It was it was warm, but what happens is we'd work a little bit and say, hey, let's go on over here. Let me show you a little spot here where, where the air conditioner is working and uh, take a little cool break. But uh, it, only took, it only took us about, I don't know, a three-hour job to do. It only took like, you know, eight hours, so it was kind of like real quick. Um, but here's what happens a lot of times if we're not careful. In all of our lives, we've got to be careful because apathy can begin to set in. It can set in in a relationship. It can set in in a personal relationship. It can set in in a job. We can be on a job and we can be going. And we, if we're not careful, we get up and go, okay, I got to work. I'm just going to go in here, do my thing, come on out, do the same thing. And we, we can, if we're not careful... We get into what we call the grind, and we just go through the motions. And if we're not careful, we can do that even in church. We can go through the motion. We can go through what we call spiritual apathy. And you know how I know that? Because it's in the Bible. It's not something I came up with. It's something that God 
said. And so just like we've got to be careful when someone tries to bless that we don't go, yeah, okay, thank you. We got to take and say, man, thank you for, for your time, for your energy, for your talent, for your gift. And then we can bless back if we choose. But, but it is important for us to receive that. Jesus said that um, in one of the books that he wrote, in uh, a letter that he wrote to the seven churches in Revelation, he said there was a problem going on in it. And it was the church of Laodicea. Many of you probably are familiar with that. In chapter 3 of Revelation, um, we see here in one of the letters that um, Laodicea, uh, let, me, let me do this real quick before we get into it. Let me, let me give you a little history of Laodicea. Because Laodicea was a very wealthy um, city. It, was, it, was, it had a lot going on. It actually had had an earthquake early on. And then 35 years after the earthquake, they had rebuilt it in all the stadiums, all the, um, the, the it was a, the, the theaters. I mean, it was the shopping plazas. It was these lavish bathhouses. It was a modern day, what we would think of as a Las Vegas. We would think of as some big, nice city like Singapore. I don't know any of y'all have ever, that's one of my, on my bucket list. I want to go see Singapore for whatever reason. There, I don't know. I just, but it, it is one of the nicest cities in the world. They said it's one of the cleanest cities as well, that you don't spit gum on it. You don't put anything on there. And, uh, but lit up completely. But th- it would be in mind where it was a lavish city. But they had a problem. Like any city back in that day, they had a problem with water. And so they had to do two things. They had an inadequate water supply, so they had to, to, to literally create these, these aqueducts to come in. These, 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 they used a system to bring in, to pipe in water. And one of them came from Colossae. And then one of them came from... Uh, Aeropolis, the one in Aeropolis was a warm spring. The one from Colossae was from the mountains and it was cool. So what they would do is they'd have cold water coming in and they had hot water coming in. And the hot water, we know that it's medicinal. When you get, come on now, y'all know when y'all get and things get real things, you get in a hot bath and you just sit there and soak and you go, ah, it kind of relaxes the muscles. Or there's cold water when, uh, when you get real hot. I'm telling you, we went through some cold water. Keep pouring it in. Let's, let's see here. We're going to insulate this with cold water. But they had this problem. From the cold, when it got there, by the time it made, because of how far it had to travel, by the time it got there, in that heat, the coolness was no longer there. And the hot, by the time it got there from the warm spring, it had already cooled down. So both of them, by the time they got in there, they were just warm at best. And so they came in as, and so all that, that it was supposed to do. So it was really just dirty, tempid, warm water. And this is the idea that Jesus, when he starts talking about Laodicea, he's well aware of all of it. And he starts talking about it. And he says something that's very familiar. He said this to him in verse 15. I know your deeds. Check this out. Jesus knows everything we do and not only everything we do, the motive behind it. Why we do what we do. See, what we do is important. Most people see what we do, but the why behind it is what's more important to God. 
God says, I want you to do it with the right heart. Just like when he says in 2 Corinthians 9, when he talks about giving. He says, look, I love, I recognize a cheerful giver. Don't give begrudgingly. Don't give out of compulsion like, oh, I got to do this in order to have favor with God. Like, no, we give because God first gave to us and we do it cheerfully. And so when Jesus says, I know your deeds, he says, I know your deeds. And he says that you are neither hot nor, I mean, you're neither cold nor hot. And he said, I wish that you were cold or hot. I wish you'd come to the place where, hey, I like the cold water, it's good, or I like the hot water, but this lukewarm stuff, he goes on in verse um, 16 to say, because you are lukewarm, so because that, and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. There was a, a spewing. There, that word literally means, and many of us know it, it is upchuck. It's a vomit. I will, I will literally, it makes me to the point where I, I would rather you have one or the other. And so this is what happened. See, when somebody's cold, you know when you're cold. When you're hot, you know when you're hot. That lukewarm state is where you're not sure. Like, hey, you, like when you touch cold water, you go, whoo. When you touch hot water, whoo, that's hot. When you're lukewarm, you're like, oh, yeah, I can stay here all day. This is not any, anything. Like, I don't know if any of you have ever been to the Itchitutney Spring. Has anybody ever been there? We got to plan our college and career. If you know anybody that's college and career age, they're fixing to take a group in, on August. I talked to Ariel Phipps. They're going August the 5th on that Monday. They're going down to Itchitutney. What makes the Itchitutney uh, so unique is it's the spring that always flows. It never stops. And it is 72 degrees year round. Does it ever stop being 70? It doesn't matter if it's 30 degrees outside. It's 72 degrees. Doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees outside. It's 72 degrees. Now, I want to tell you something. When you take your 98.6 degree body and you throw it in 72, you drop it like 25 degrees and you throw it in there, you're like, and you just kind of, woo-hoo. you understand you become alive real quick in that environment. Jesus wants us to stay alive. And I believe that apathy, spiritual apathy, and apathy simply this thing of really nonchalant. I don't care one way or the other. Um, This is the saying that I get out of this as I was preparing. It is what it is. Anybody use that and heard that one? Well, I guess it is what it is. I'm like, it is until I get a hold of it. It is until we begin to get a a passion or a feeling about it. It ain't is what it is. It's we're going to make a difference and we're going to change something, not just, well, it's like case or ross or Yeah, whatever happens, happens. No, we're the change agent that God wants to use in this earth. And so um, think about Jesus coming to this earth, leaving his kinghood to come to, to die for us, to give us everything, take all of heaven with him, come down, the greatest gift ever, surrender his life. And this is, hey, not only am I going to give you my life, but I want you to have it in the same spirit that operated in me. I'm going to deposit in you. And then he comes and we go, like, nah, it is what it is. <laughs> Like, no, he wants us to stay red hot for him. And, I, and I'm going to go over a couple things here. Some of the causes of spiritual apathy. And it's found in the same chapter. In the next verse in chapter 17, um, next verse of, of chapter 3 of Revelation, one of, the, one of this, one of the main causes is self-sufficiency. 
I'm full. I got everything I need. I don't need anything else. I'm good. And that's what it says here. But you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you're that you are wretched and miserable and poor, blind and naked. The way God sees us say, hey, apart from me, what what I have, what you have is not even comparison. And here's another thing. What God realizes, the reason Jesus came was for us. When we say, I'm rich and I have need of nothing, who are we only thinking about? Me. The other day, I I always, when I shop, I I can buy one, get one free and stuff, BOGO. We all know those things. Have you ever thought of a BOGO and thought, who can I give this to? Or you think, I need a BOGO, I need two of these. (laughs) Oh, look at that. I got two of them. You know, bonus. Bingo. No, have you ever, when you're shopping, think, hold it. And I do that a lot because my wife gets on me like, you buy. I know because I'm going to give them to either my son or my daughter. They're young, even though they're probably better off than I am. But still, or I look for people to say, Lord, who can I bless? I had a guy text me the other day, one of my friends from another town, and he's been going through a struggle. And he's, he calls me, and I just pray with him. He, I've been working him through stuff. And he's telling me how God's answered his prayers. And he said, yeah, they offered me more than I needed. And I said, I looked at him, I, I texted him back. I said, is there anybody else around you that has a need? Well, I didn't think about that. He was just excited. His needs got met. Woo! I got what I needed. I prayed for this and I got it. And they offered me more. And I told him I didn't need that. And I said, you couldn't find somebody that need, just like you, you couldn't go around and say, hey, I got some free eggs here. You, you want some eggs? I said, so... So with us, if we get to the place where we're just self-sufficient, we've got to remember that um, that it's not simply about us. That, you know, we, 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 I'm good if I got my coffee. Let's be honest, you coffee drinkers, it's like I got to have that. Ooh, don't, don't, don't try to start the day. You know, the best part of waking up is definitely something in your cup. So. <laughs> or... Or you got your iPhone, or you got your Amazon Prime, you know, this one click, bing, it'll be here in two days. Um, don't even have to leave my house, Ooh, got it. Or it could be a thing of where you got Netflix, you got your Snuggie, you, everything you need. I'm like, whoo, I can just relax. I want to encourage us that that can cause spiritual apathy. When we get so self-absorbed that we don't begin to think of other people and what their needs might be. Um, we can have a bunch of worldly wealth, but be spiritually bankrupt. Um, our lives can be full of, of stuff, but be empty of meaning. And so what we want to do is not trade any of that for that. We want to make sure that, Lord, hey, you're taking care of me. But, Lord, I realize and recognize where it comes from. I know where my help comes from. I know apart from him, I can do nothing. The second thing is, is this. Um, one is self-sufficiency. The other one is distractions of the world. The distractions that this world offers. All of us, we are flesh beings. And we look and see stuff. And we like stuff. And if we're not careful, we get locked into stuff. And stuff gets locked into us. I love what James Dobson uh, quoted years ago. He said, God doesn't mind us having things as long as things don't have us. It's like, there's nothing wrong with having a house. It's like, hey, this is a great place, great roof over our heads. This is something as long as it doesn't have us. 
in one of our leaders in our growth track, one in the leadership part of our growth track, we've come up with two things that we believe that the enemy uses to try to keep us from accomplishing God's will. You know what they are? Problems and possessions. See, the enemy will try to get us so wrapped up in our own problems that we don't think about anything else. We just think about our own problems. Or he'll give us so many things and so many possessions that we got to figure out ways to use them all. Like, well, I would help you, but I got this fun thing. I got to go do this. I got to use this. I got this new boat and I've got to go out in it and I got to use it every weekend. Or I got to, instead of taking people with you, say, you know what, God, you come on, guys, let's get in this thing and go. Or whatever it is. So we can, if we're not careful, the enemy will use um, problems or possession. In Mark 4.19, it says this. But the worries of this, uh, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for others, uh, other things enter in and choke the word. This is talking about the sower of the seed and it becomes unfruitful. This is where we're not going to go in there tonight, but the, the four seeds, it's like we, it, it chokes out. This is the, 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 the seed that fell on the uh, thorny ground. It, it, it sprouts up and then the, the, the worries of the world, I begin to look around at everything, and we, instead of the word producing fruit, we begin to get more locked into the things around us. And God's saying, hey, it's not simply about paying bills. How many know it's good when your bills are paid? <laughs> it's a good thing. Nobody's, you know, coming to shut something off or want to take something. That's a good thing. But that's not all it's about. Um, everybody has places to be, and it's good to have places to be, people to meet, things to do. Um, you know, we all got selfies to take. Hey, look at here I am. We got stuff to do. Um, but it's the thing where we have to be careful that we don't just get locked into things that, Lord, you've given me these for a reason, and I need to use those for your glory and for your goodness. Um, if we're not careful, what will happen is um, we'll begin to live with it, and we'll get happy in our... I mean, you get... You can get lukewarm and stay there and be happy and going, what's the problem? I don't see it. And usually the lukewarm person doesn't see it. It's like, I, I don't, you know, think about at times in our life when you were moved with to tears over something. Think about any of those that have walked with the Lord for a little while. There have been things in your life or things that you've seen. You just witnessed and watched and you were just all of a sudden tears began. These, these beautiful things that God gave us. They're beautiful, little tear ducts right here. And there's a reason he put them on your eyes. <laughs> he could have put them anywhere. He could have put them on your armpits. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> it's like, whoo, oh, he must have a bad day. You wouldn't know if it was just hot or he just really moved by something or she's moved like this wet. There's a reason he put them right here where others can see the compassion. They can see something moving. They can see that something that's going on. It, it's an expression of love. It's an expression of, of many things come out through those. And he put them, remember when that happened, something moved us. we got to be careful that we don't grow cold and grow hard. It's like, well, it used to move me. Y'all, to this day, to this day, when somebody gives their life to Christ, it moves me to tears. I mean, when somebody is surrendering their life, and you know, I mean, they're just giving their life to him. I get, there's just something in me like, Jesus, man, they're transformed. There is a transformation that is taking place. I remember the day when I did, and it's just beautiful I don't ever want to lose that, Jesus, that, that that's what, what we get to, to participate in. And so 
How do you know when you're, when you're living in this thing, when lukewarmness is kind of taken over? Just a few things we'll go over. It's when we're more concerned with impressing people than living for God. In other words, and that's another message for another night, we get more impressed with what people think about us than what God knows about us. And we, we care more about what you think instead of, God, what you think. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, we, we can't reverse that one. I mean, there's a lot of things that we go through, but it's Jesus, you're number one. I'm only going to have to answer to one person. When David sinned, and the big sin that he did of committing adultery and then taking a life, when he was convicted, he, he made this statement in, in Psalms 51. He said, against you and you alone, Lord, have I sinned. In other words, I went this way, and Jesus, Father, I sinned against you in all of heaven. And he had to get it straight this way first before he tried to do anything this way. You know what most people do when we mess up? We try to do everything we can to make it right this way. And the heart never changes. So we say it wrong, we do it wrong, we mess it up, and we never go, Lord, first this way. Lord, i got to get things straight with you. And when I get this straight, then this right here, I'll have the right. I'll know it'll be an attitude of heart. It won't be just simply words from my mouth. This is what it says, um, one of our scriptures here tonight that I want to look at is um, in, uh, let me get my notes here, where um, in the last days, but realize this, in the last days, um, there'll be difficult times will come for men will be lovers of self and set and, and uh, Timothy, it says this second Timothy, throw that up there for me, Randy. Second Timothy, it says in the last days, this is what happens. Tell me if this doesn't describe some of what we see going on here today. Um, but in the last days, um, realize this, that in, um, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, Boastful, arrogant, uh, revel, revelers, revilers, <laughs> disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irrecon- uh, irreconcilable. In other words, I don't want to. I want to do my own thing. Malicious gossip, Facebook. I mean, um, Instagram. I mean, whatever. Without, without self-control, Facebook again. Brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men um, as these. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sin, led on by various impulses, always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is the thing where we have to be careful in these last days, that we don't become lovers of self. And the only way we can prevent that is if we stay in love with the Lord and allow Him that this has to be. Well, Lord, I continually place myself to you. I love in the Old Testament how David was called, God called David a man after his heart. That wasn't something anybody else did. It wasn't somebody looking and said, man, that man's a man after God's heart. God's the one that spoke and said, David is a man after my heart. And he didn't mean he was perfect. He said that everything he did, he came after me. He didn't run from me. He ran to me. Even when he messed up, I'm running to you, God. I'm coming after you. And I'm going to keep coming after you. And I'm going to keep coming after you. And I'm not going to stop. That's powerful. The second thing is, in uh, living with lukewarm apathy or living with spiritual apathy is, we're obsessed with life on earth rather than eternity. 
we somehow get the feeling this is home. Can I I tell you, you're passing through. You're on a journey. And and you're you're here for a little while. Um, We're on a vacation, y'all. We got about a weekend here in the scheme of eternity. I love, uh, there's an analogy that um, Francis Chan uses with a long rope. And he has this rope that stretches all the way around. And on the tip of it, he has a little red, little small part on it, red. But it curls all the way around. He said, the rope represents eternity. That little tip represents your life. We want to make sure and get our focus in the right place that we're not going to be here forever. And whatever we're going to do for God, we need to go ahead and do that. We need to make sure that our hearts don't get locked up into the world. That's what 1 John 2, verse 15 and 16 says. It says, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, it, but is from the world. Now, here's a dichotomy in this. It seems like a contradiction because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. And then, then uh, it says here, first John's telling us, don't love the world. What? God said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And first John said, anybody love the world, they're, they're enemy against God. They can't do that. But what it says here is, is to help break that down. When you see world in scripture, there's a number of different things. It can mean cosmos, the actual physical planet. It can also mean the, the systems of the world. But then it can also mean, like in the world, it means somebody that's far away from God. That's the world. Is, that's one of the meanings. Is someone far away from God. So in John 3.16, it literally means, For God so loved those who were far away from Him, that He gave His only begotten Son so that those who were far away from Him may come to know Him as Lord and Savior. What it talks about here in 1 John, it's talking about the systems of the world, of what I can do and how I can get, who I can do. How can I, you know, get as much as I can and, and just take over? And so what I have... Uh, and this is what it breaks down to. We get more locked into what I have instead of what I'm called to do. We get more more concerned with what I have in my bank account, what I have in here, instead of, God, what have you called me to do? But yeah, I, I, I believe in having savings. I believe in doing that. But for the purpose of, Lord, I'm going to be used by you. And I don't need to sit around and work and look at my bank account every day and go, oh, yep, it's still there. Yep, it's still, yep, it's still there. Lord, what have you called me to do? What is it that you want me to do? Lovers of God instead of lovers of the world. Number three, real quick. We rash, this is another one, how we get caught up in living in this spiritual apathy, lukewarmness. We rationalize sin and live without truly fearing God. Like, we have stuff in our life, but we're like, ah, it's not that bad. Everybody's do. Everybody's done that. And yeah, everybody may have, but not everybody responds the same. Not everybody says, Lord, that's what Romans 6, 1 and 2 says. It says this. Paul's writing the church at Rome and he says, what shall we say? Shall we, consent to it? shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, look, if I get grace for sinning, let me sin a bunch and I'll get a bunch of grace. God, Paul says, never. We can't even do it. May it never be. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it or allow it to live in us? 
This is where God, and this is where God wants to do his work in his church. This is where each one of us get to own up and fess up to our own stuff instead of hiding it and going, nothing wrong here. I've said it over and over and I will continue to say it. Church is not a place where we come and display our goodness. Look how good I am. Church is a place where broken people come and experience the goodness and the grace of God so we can take that on out there to those who need it and begin to help them transform. Let the love and the power of God transform their life as well. And so um, this is what we do many times. I'm not as bad as other people are. Anybody ever done that? I'm not hurting anyone. It's just me. I'm doing it myself. Um, so we get selfishness isn't that big. Everyone gossips. And by the way, let me say to you, if you spend a lot of time online, you might have a problem with gossip. Just so you know, it happens. You're just trying to keep up with the latest what's who said what said. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I I don't get on there hardly ever, but when I do, it's really, I'm trying to look for a birthday or look for something. I'm trying trying to find a name or trying to do something or trying to reach out to somebody. We have to be careful of that. Number four, real quick, uh, a way that living with lukewarm or spiritual apathy We believe in Jesus, but we rarely share our faith. We believe in Jesus, but we rarely share our faith. We expect people to just know. And I do believe that the way we treat people, that we're just nice to them, and that's part of it, but it's not simply being nice. We should make them so inquisitive that they go, what is wrong with you? What is wrong? What's wrong with you? Something is wrong with you. You're too nice. It's like, oh, no, it's Jesus. Trust me, apart from him, you would not like me very much at all. You need to thank him right now. And that comes in the hard times. That comes in the hard places. Anybody can be nice when everything's going, going perfect. It's when you're in line and somebody cuts in front of you. Or you, you get in this one line and you're like, oh, it's going to be fast. And all of a sudden, hey, we need to get a price check. <laughs> and all these other lines are going. You're going, I got in the wrong line. Anybody ever did that? You're looking at it going... Listen, that's when you get to display. Hey, here you go. I went to uh, this afternoon, prime example. I went to uh, one of the buffet places here in town just to get something to go. And I got my to go tray, and these people are flooding in. And this one guy's just like, he's just head down. I've got food on my mind. I'm sitting there literally fixing to step up, and he walks like, Oh, will you go get some of that? I was like, No, you go ahead and get that. I. I didn't want none of that. Who wants any of that stuff? That's just delicious. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Literally about not me. I was like, oh, man, no. I was like, please, go right ahead. A couple others. These are opportunities when you're in a place. That's when you get to display the goodness of God. Think about it this way. Right here, and many of y'all seen it, there's a little flower out here in our courtyard that's coming up through the concrete. And I said, don't y'all cut that at all. Because we bloom in some of the hardest places. That's where God's goodness shows up in some of the hardest places. It's like, hey, look, woo, look at this. We get to do that. So uh, in Matthew 10, 32, it says this, that therefore everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess before my father uh, who is in heaven. We confess him with our actions. We confess him with our words. We confess him with how we treat others. And so we want to make people hungry. And that's what, that's what our, our whole goal is. To, we're, we're the salt of the earth. I want to leave a taste where they go, I need, what, what's going on? I need, I need a drink of what you got. And, so, I, and, it, and it's the good stuff. It's the, it's the living water, not the other stuff. <laughs> so 
Number five, and this is one where we can know we're almost done, that we only turn to God when we need Him. In other words, when it gets so bad, like you and me going about your life and then finally go, well, I guess I better pray. <laughs> I want to go ahead and tell you, start there. Every one of us have, have real life situations that go on that we need. We need to, tra- it's a training. We pray first. And I believe if we did that, our worry would be reduced way down. That Lord, I, my, I train, Lord, it's you first. I'm going to, my, my prayer's going straight this way. No matter if I get a bad report, no matter if, if, if my, if things doesn't look well, situation, my neighbors are being unkind, you know, unfriendly. That's when we pray and we get an opportunity to demonstrate. I pray that every one of your neighbors know you're a believer, not because you said so. Please don't say you're a believer and then be ugly to your neighbor. Please don't do that. <laughs> they won't come to church. You're like, oh, they go, you go to that church? Yeah, thank you. I'm not going. <laughs> Demonstrate that. Y'all, y'all laugh. It's true. That's one of the main reasons. That's another message for another day. But that, that is one of the reasons people is because they've had people that called themselves believers that treated them anything but like a believer. They were believers, but in what? We're not sure. And, um, but that's where we get to demonstrate the love and the grace of God. This is where apathy doesn't get to take over. And then the final one is we're not much different from the world. What we watch, what we see, what we listen to, what we... For me, I've made a personal decision, and I did it years ago, years and years and years ago. I haven't listened to a secular radio station in I don't know how long. And I'm not saying that proudly. I'm just saying I know what's there. I, I listened to it for so long, and I'm like, I like my house. I like my dog. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to lose it. And that's all they go, woe is me, and woe is this. Or it's going to just be about the flesh, and it's going to be like, oh, and I'm not saying, I'm just in the crack, this is saying, hey, I get a choice with my time and what, I, what comes in my ears and what comes in. I want something that's going to lift me up, something that's going to build me up. I want something that's going to get, most of what I listen to is just worship music because it takes me to the Lord. I'm like, I don't know about y'all, but I need that. Y'all probably don't because y'all are much more spiritual than I am, but I'm like, I need that. I need to be like, Lord, I got a lot of stuff, that decisions and things that need to be done and I can't do it rightly if if I'm bogged down with other stuff and my mind's carried away like, oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So I just say this, that what we watch, what we listen to, what, what we spend our money on, what our morals are, what's okay, what's okay today and what's okay tomorrow. Those are things we let God decide. And we can't get, at, we can't get lazy or indifferent towards it. We say no. I love what Paul said. Paul said, I'm at liberty to do all things, but I only choose those things that are beneficial. Like He's like, hey, this is... Okay, let me see the best way to put this. Okay, it's, this isn't a matter of heaven and hell. Okay, this is where people get, well, I listen to this and I go, you're going to hell if you listen to that music. You're going to do this, you're going to, you're going to, go, you're going to go there. This isn't a matter of heaven and hell. This is a matter of effectiveness on this planet below the sun. Jesus settles our above the sun. That settles our heaven. There's nothing I can do. In other words, if, if well, you didn't listen to secular music. You get to go to heaven. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> what? You didn't watch bad movies. You get to go to heaven. Bing, bing, bing. 
You mean Jesus didn't do that? That was me? That is not. Jesus settles our eternity. He gives us choices here below the sun that affect me, that affect the way I think. Uh, years ago, I had some young people that they like to watch scary movies. And I don't crack. Anybody's allowed to. In my household, we never watch scary movies. And it's not because, oh, you know, it's the devil. Well, it is. But still, it's, 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 it's demon-inspired. People full of demons write this stuff. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> they write it out and they go, ooh, let's let them play it out where we shred human beings up. No, they don't, we never did that. And, um, and my kids, they didn't have to deal with fear in the room. They didn't have to go, I'm scared because I'm scared. They didn't hear music playing. Like I said, this, I've shared this with the church before. I did go to movies before. I went to Jaws. I was a surfer in Jacksonville. I went to Jaws and it affected my world. <laughs> I'd never, I'd surfed for years and was, I never, sharks would swim around. You'd see them go. It's like, oh, they're not coming after me. And by, I, I watched that and all of a sudden there's a great white on Jack's beach ready to eat me. I was like, there hadn't been a, a great white sighting. They might get nibbled on the foot a little bit, but still, <laughs> it's not cut in half. Um, they do affect us. And so these are things that are below the sun. These are things that affect us this way. And it affects the way we operate with people because, and let me say this to you, and I got to say it. Be careful how much news you watch. Be careful how much news you watch. Because I'm promising, it's alert, alert, alarm, 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 be alarmed, be alarmed, be alarmed. You're like, I'm alarmed, I'm alarmed, I'm alarmed, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And so you're going, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. They're not telling you how good it is. It's bad. Be scared. Be very be, you got to watch us so we can tell you. You know when hurricanes come in? Do you know every channel around? It's coming. It's going to be right here. It's going to be blowing. It's coming. Like, yeah, there's going to be some wind blowing, y'all. It's going, and we're like, where's it at? Where's it at? Now, granted, I say be informed, but we don't sit there and go. They want you to glue to it. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Be careful. It happens with every area. Not just in weather, but in politics and everything else. What will happen is if you're not careful, you'll start hating people. All because of what you watch on a TV. And it has nothing to do with them. It's because of what you let in. And it's because of that apathy where you're like, I'm not staying alert. I'm not staying awake. I'm not staying vibrant. And so I do have good news for you, though. Jesus doesn't leave us there. He has a solution, and it's found in the next verse in Revelations chapter 3, verse 19. Look what it says here. Those whom I love. Jesus loves you, every one of you. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. In other words, I'm not going to leave you there in that apathy. I'm not going to leave you in that lukewarm state. Therefore, I discipline you. And so when the discipline of the Lord comes, in Hebrews 12, it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. But if we're trained by it, it produces a peaceful harvest of righteousness. And so we allow, therefore, be zealous and repent. In other words, when I see that my heart has gotten in that state of where, eh, you know, it is what it is. I don't ever want my life to be it is what it is. When I see something, when God points something, Lord, I want that done. I want it dealt with. I don't like it there. I don't want it there. I've got people that I can go to and say, hey, can you, can you pray with me and check this? This is not good. It's a beautiful thing that we get to walk this out together. And so we have to engage him. He's come to do that. 
And then finally, um, it says in Revelation 3.20, this is what Jesus said. He said, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, and by the way, that's not a one-time thing. Sometimes doors close. And if we're not careful, we leave them closing. Jesus is saying, hey, remember me? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, remember me? I'm here. I didn't go anywhere. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. And look what he says. I'm going to beat you up and it's going to be ugly and you will never forget it. He says, no, I'm going to dine with you. I'm going to share a meal with you. I'm going to sit down and we're going to converse. Think about this. I'm coming to connect with you. We're going to sit down and have a meal together. I'm going to dine with him. And he with me. You're going to want to be at that table. You don't want to run from the table. You want to run to that table. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm so thankful for Jesus. Aren't you? Thank you, Lord God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I know it's your desire that every one of us be on fire, red hot. Lord Literally listening with our ears towards heaven and our heart open to what you say. That, Lord, we'd be faithful servants. That when you speak, we listen and we, we readily obey. Not out of, out of fear, but out of joy and honor, knowing that, Lord, you've called us and you want to use us. But Lord, I thank you for doing it. Lord, I thank you for stirring faith up in our hearts. I thank you for stirring faith up in our hearts. Lord, your word says without faith it's impossible to please you. That you reward those who diligently seek you. Lord, your word also says that anything that we do, that if it's not done in faith, Lord, it's sin. That if we don't engage you and engage with you, understanding that you're wanting to use every one of us at all times. That, Lord, when we try to do it ourselves, that, Lord, we, we deny the very power, the strength the grace, the truth, the wisdom, the help we need to be effective when some witnesses for you. So tonight, everybody here, Lord, I thank you for each one. And I thank you that anywhere in their hearts where they would see apathy trying to set in, where there'd be indifference in any way, that Jesus, in your grace and mercy, that, Lord, you'd draw them back, that there would be that fire, that fervency, just the same way that you, 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 you fervently went after us. You didn't hold anything back. You were willing to take the worst beating, Lord God, so that we could connect with you. Lord, help us. Help us to have that same love. You prayed for it. We receive it. You prayed that just as you and the Father are one, we would be one. We thank you, Lord, for drawing us into that oneness. You, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, I want you to take just a moment. Take inventory. See if there's anywhere where you've gone complacent or maybe it's grown cold. Grown cold. Somewhere where you feel like, oh, I'm just indifferent. You know, the word's really just kind of like out of duty. Like I'm just reading the Bible because I have to read the Bible. That somehow if I don't read the Bible, God's not going to love me. And it's never out of that. Or I've got to do certain things or God's going to be mad at me. 
God wants our relationship with him to be in such a way that we rely on him for everything. Take inventory for just a moment. Say, Lord, is there anything, is there any area where I've allowed this world or I've allowed a thought pattern or a condition to come in that's kept me from experiencing what you want for me or how you want to use me in a certain area? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, would you bless us tonight with repentance? Would you bless us with turning towards you? That, Lord, we would not leave this place until we've heard from you, until we've connected with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you for refreshing our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to fan in the flames, the gifts, the talents, the ability. We won't settle for anything less recognizing, Lord, it all comes from you. It's all given by you. It's not of our own doing. Hmm. Take a moment and just begin to celebrate the life that's been given on your behalf. Celebrate the life that's been poured into us. This treasure, as we said this morning, in human vessels the light, the love, and the life of Jesus has been poured into us. Thank you, to do this, I want to go ahead and I want to bless you, but I'm going to be here. If anybody needs prayer for anything, we'll be here to pray with you and believe God for you and believe God with you. And I pray as you go that tonight, that there'd be an encounter. There would just be a, a renewed love, a renewed freshness that when you read scripture that you couldn't read enough, that it just, it's not something where you just go, wow, it jumps off the pages and becomes so alive to you. That it's just, wow. It doesn't just logos, it becomes rhema. And it just bursts, comes alive, bursts forth in your heart. 
when worship kicks in, you can't thank him enough every time. Anything comes up, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you would, open your hands to him right this time. Thank you, Lord. Father God, creator of the universe, you're the one that commanded blessing to be spoken over your people. And in so doing, Lord, you said as we place your name on each each person, you in turn would do the blessing. So I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.